Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one UCLA. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame, 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com. The free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now, here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. Good afternoon, everyone. Budweiser's weekday sports beat is on the air for this Friday, June the 23rd of 2023. Seven minutes after 5 o'clock. It is a beautiful day here in downtown South Bend. Sunshine, a little warmer than yesterday. We've got the South Bend Cubs playing a couple of blocks away at 7.05 against the Fort Wayne Ten Caps. It's the first game of the Midwest League's second half. A game that you can hear right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Pre-game coverage at 6.45. And the first pitch at 7.05. One of the broadcasters for tonight's game, Brendan King, will join me coming up at 6.05 to talk South Bend Cubs and Chicago Cubs baseball as he sits in the old booth behind home plate at Four Winds Field getting set for tonight's ball game. Well, we're on the air until 6.45 due to South Bend Cubs baseball coming up on the program. Our hat trick of opening topics. A little more baseball-oriented than normal. Also, we've got some comments from Bears head coach Matt Eberflus and Bears quarterback Justin Fields. The offensive line is set. That's not something the Bears could say very often the last few years, and they hope that offensive line is going to hold up for Fields this year. Comments from those two gentlemen in just a little bit. Plus, we move Sizzler into the 5 o'clock hour today due to the show being a little shorter in our Notre Dame Football Week in Review segment, which will get started right around 6.20 here on WSBT Radio. We've got our Twitter question of the day and a whole lot more over the next few hours, the next few hours, the next hour and a half here on Sports Radio 960 
WSBT. I must have thought I was down in Miami 2012 getting set for our six-and-a-half-hour National Championship Game Day Sports Beat preview of the Irish in Alabama. That was a fun day, six-and-a-half hours. We started at noon, got done at 6.30. I started the show from the media hotel. We had to tape like 45 minutes because I had to jump on the media bus to get to the stadium. And once I arrived at the stadium, I couldn't go on the air. They were in the process of searching the press box. They had the dogs sniffing around, so that delayed things. It was a fun day up until kickoff of that particular game down in Miami. But six and a half hours went by actually really, really fast. All right, so in the hour and a half we have today, we'll try to make the most of it here on WSBT Radio. I got to turn back the clock for a second. Because on this date, 39 years ago, it was one of the more fun, entertaining, dramatic, topsy-turvy, regular season baseball game between two rivals, the St. Louis Cardinals and the Chicago Cubs. For those of you that are a little too young to remember 1984, It was a magical season for the Chicago Cubs. They would get to the postseason and didn't end the way they wanted it to against the Padres, but it was a fun, fun year. For the Cardinals, they had just won the World Series in 1982. They were having a down year at that point. They were under 500 at 31-33 and coming into this matchup at Wrigley Field against the Cubs. The Cubs weren't. I would say playing at top level that they would later on in the year. At that point, the Cubs were 36 and 31. This game was the NBC Saturday game of the week. Again, if you're too old to remember, NBC used to have that Saturday afternoon contest weekly. Tony Kubek and Bob Costas had the call of this particular game. You know, it might not have been Kubek. I might have to take that back, but it was Costas for sure, and it looked like it was going to be a blowout as the Cardinals hit Steve Trout very hard in the ball game, and the Cardinals had a 7-1 lead in the second inning. Eventually, St. Louis had a 9-3 advantage, but the Cubs would get back into the ball game that day at Wrigley Field as they would score two in the fifth, five in the sixth, and the ball game was 9-8 St. Louis going to the bottom of the ninth inning at Wrigley Field. Now, in that bottom of the ninth inning, a guy by the name of Ryan Sandberg, who would go on to be the MVP in the National League that year, was standing at the plate, and he was already having a spectacular day. Entering this at bat, Sandberg was three for four, and he had driven in four of the eight Cub runs. For the Cubs to come all the way back to win this game, they had to score off a future Hall of Famer and a former teammate in Bruce Souter. Well, good old Harry Carey had the call that day at Wrigley Field on WGN Radio. The audio is not the greatest. You probably have to listen pretty close because there's so much crowd noise. But again, Sandberg, three for four with four RBI, coming to the plate, bottom of the ninth. Nobody on, Cubs down 9-8, and Sandberg facing Good old Bruce Souter.
That ball was absolutely crushed to left center field as Suter gave up the home run to Sandberg, and it was 9-9 going to extra innings. In the 10th, back in those days, you did not have that runner on second base to start extra innings. You played it out, and St. Louis would score two in the top of the 10th inning and once again had the lead 11-9. Bob Denier, part of the old daily double, as they were called, at the top of the Cubs lineup walked, which brought Sandberg back up to the plate again, and Bruce Suter was still in the game. This was an era in which you pitch more than one inning as a reliever or a closer. So 11-9 Cardinals, bottom of the 10th, Sandberg up with a runner on. He is now 4-for-5 for five with a home run and 5 driven in. And, of course, in the dramatic moment, I hit the wrong button. i got to reset my computer. <laughs> Nice going, Dare. Way to kill the moment. All right, here we go. Here's a good old Harry Carey once again. Here comes Sandberg. First pitch to Sandberg is low, ball one. One ball, no strikes, two out, a runner at first. 11 to 9 in favor of the Cardinals. The pitch. Strike from the outside corner. And again, Sandberg just hammered a split-finger fastball from Suter that did not drop, and he crushed it over the left center field fence to tie the game at 11. The Cubs would win that contest 12-11. One of the fun stories about that game, before Sandberg and the Cubs came to the plate in the bottom of the ninth inning, NBC awarded the player of the game to the Cardinals' Willie McGee, who had hit for the cycle in the game for the Redbirds. As McGee that day, four for six, three runs, a homer. He drove in six, but he went end up being maybe the number two player of the day as Ryan Sandberg ended up with seven driven in, two home runs, and the dramatics in the ninth and the tenth innings as the Cubs came all the way back, erasing a six-run deficit twice to beat St. Louis 12-11. to I think that was Lou Boudreaux in the booth with Harry Carey. But I was just thinking that in that game between the Cubs and the Cardinals in 1984, I can think of at least seven Hall of Famers that were in the ballpark that day. You had four players for St. Louis, Ozzie Smith, and Bruce Souter. For the Cubs, you had Ryan Sandberg, 
and Lee Smith. You had two Hall of Fame broadcasters at that game, Harry Carey and Jack Buck. You had Cardinals manager Whitey Herzog. Eventually, he went into the Hall of Fame. And this one I'm not sure about, but I still think Red Shandies might have been a bench coach at that time for St. Louis, a Hall of Famer as a player. If I'm right, that means seven Hall of Famers that day at Wrigley Field for one of the wildest games known as the Sandberg game. And I had the great pleasure of sharing the booth with Ryan Sandberg during the 2019 Midwest League All-Star game here in South Bend. He joined me for an inning, and we talked about that game, and he is never, ever going to be tired about that particular game. You know, some artists don't like to sing one of the more popular songs. They get tired of singing it. Well, Sandberg, you could tell, never gets tired of talking about a game that will always be known as the Sandberg game 39 years ago today, back in 1984. All right, to our hat trick of opening topics here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Why don't we just go ahead and keep the Cub conversation going? The Chicago Cubs now looking to add. Tom Ricketts, the owner of the Chicago Cubs, told the Chicago Tribune, quote, obviously we're buyers right now. Things can come off the rails, but I don't think they will. I think that we have is a core that can compete for the division and compete for the playoffs, and now it's finding the missing parts to add to it, end quote. Well, that would mean the Cubs are not going to trade two guys that they would probably trade if they were out of the race. Cody Bellinger, the center fielder slash first baseman, one-year deal during the offseason. You flip him for something that could help you in the future. And Marcus Stroman, who has a player option left on his contract with the Cubs, he's going to tear that up because it's for $21 million. He's a leading candidate for the Cy Young Award right now, and those individuals make over $30 million a year. So those guys probably are going to stay unless things absolutely fall apart. So what do the Cubs need? You can make an argument. They could add both corners of the infield. The Matt Mervis experiment, at least the first time around, didn't work. He's back at AAA Iowa. You can put Bellinger there. You've got third base, which is a bit of a hole. Patrick Wisdom just strikes out too much. Nick Madrigal, I'm not a fan. He just does not provide much pop at all. Just kind of a single sitter. His OPS is below 700. I know other people are fans. I'm not. Master Boney's not an answer. They're hesitant to put Chris Morrell there, a position that he played when he was a member of the South Bend Cubs. So third base is a need at this time. And, of course, the bullpen, which has been better as of late. But for the season, 4.29, the earn run average for the Cubs bullpen. Now, you take a look at some of the top prospects in the Cubs system, you would have to imagine the top two guys are off limits. Pete Crow Armstrong, the outfielder at AAA. And you got Cade Horton, starting pitcher for the South Bend Cubs, first-round pick of the Cubs out of Oklahoma in 2022. And it sounds like Horton threw a gem in five innings last night for South Bend. Another South Bend Cub is third, Kevin Alcantara. Young guy playing against a lot of older players in high A baseball. Still plenty of time for him to grow. 
he's learning how to hit the breaking ball or try to make contact. Fastballs, he likes. Breaking balls have been more of an issue. Ben Brown, an up-and-coming starting pitcher. Jordan Wicks, the same. Mervis is six. Brennan Davis injured once again and has not hit at all this year. So those are the top seven guys. I would have to imagine Crow Armstrong, Horton are off limits. Alcantara, maybe. The Cubs really need to develop starting pitching within their system. Maybe Horton Brown and Wicks can be a part of the future. I think Mervis might be movable. Davis might be movable, but you're not going to get much for Brennan Davis at this particular time. So we'll see how deep into the Cubs farm system they go to make some moves to try to add to this team that, hey, they're right there, three and a half games out of first place in the National League Central. Cubs are idle for a second straight day today before they take on the Redbirds in London, England tomorrow. Speaking of that series, our second hat trick of opening topics. I'm really not personally a fan of this game being played in London as well as Sunday's game. Now, I say that from a Cardinal fan's perspective because these are two of our home games that are being used in London. Not sure why you can't split the two games. Cubs have a home game. Cardinals have a home game. I'm sure it's more complicated than it seems. But based on the Cardinals' attendance at home, it's pretty good revenue. Now, I'm assuming they get the revenue for these two games since they're the home team. At least I would hope so. So maybe it comes out on the better end. I don't know. But these two teams are right now maybe in positions neither one thought they would be in. Now, maybe the Cubs' record might line up to expectations, but being three and a half out of first in that bad NL Central, the Cubs are in the thick of things right now. Well, St. Louis, at the start of the year, you would point to them with the most talented roster in the NL Central, but they have played well below expectation. The starting pitching has not been very good. Timely hitting has not been very good. Defensively, they've taken a step back, and the Cardinals are just 31-44, and and they are sitting in the basement in the NL Central. Now, this is the first time that Major League Baseball has gone to London for regular season games since before the pandemic in 2019 when the Red Sox and Yankees played. This Cubs-Cardinals series was supposed to be in 2020. Obviously, that was pushed back a few years due to the pandemic. Now, in that 2019 London series, there was a lot of offensive chaos. The Yankees swept the Red Sox in the two-game series and the final scores 17-13 and 12-8. In the first game, the score was 6-6 after the first inning. The two teams combined to hit 387 in that two-game series, 453 the on-base, 10 home runs in two ball games. Now, the good news is for the pitchers, they have changed the dimensions at this London Stadium. It's going to look a little different this time around. The seating arrangement was restructured, allowing for a larger outfield and less foul territory. The center field wall will be 392 from home plate. In 2019, it was only 385 to center. Also, the power alleys have been changed from 382 
to 387. Now, that's a pretty good wallop. Some fly balls or home runs at Wrigley Field in the power alleys when it's about 365, 367 to the alleys in that ballpark. So it's going to be a lot deeper. It's going to be almost like old Bush Stadium or Bush Stadium 2 when it was 383 in the power alleys. So the dugouts have been repositioned, fouled territorially, greatly reduced. So the game is going to feel apparently more authentic than it was in 2019. St. Louis took two out of three from the Cubs at Wrigley Field in their earlier meeting. They'll meet this weekend as the first pitch tomorrow is going to be at 110. And then the game on Sunday is at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Get the game over with so the teams can get back on their track to America to get set for their next series. Our third and final hat trick of opening topics for tonight. Well, ESPN Radio has had a whole lot of issues following the ending of one of the most historic radio shows in sports talk history, the old Mike and Mike morning show. That show ended back in 2017. They were on the air from 2000 to 2017, Mike Greenberg and Mike Golick Sr., the old Irish alum, of course. Then once Mike Greenberg moved on to other opportunities, Trey Wingo joined Golick for Golick and Wingo from 2018 to 2021. Both of those shows at times were on WSBT radio. But that show went away. Since Golick and Wingo went off the air, they have tried two different shows, and they both ultimately failed. The most recent... Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. And let's face it, if you listen to WSBT Radio, we aired that show for a time, but based on what we heard from you and based on what we heard, that was a show that was not designed for the Midwest or South Bend. It was so heavily driven on over-the-top opinions NBA basketball talk, quirky commentary. It didn't even work in the major markets. It was designed to do very well in. They wanted to compete against WFAN in New York or the big stations in Chicago or Los Angeles. But I think for middle America, it just did not relate to us. So we took it off the air a good while ago. And now that show is going away. It's going to be canceled. So that is the third show to come and gone since Mike and Mike left the airways in 2017. Mike Golick on Twitter said, quote, damn shame and very sad what has become of ESPN radio. It has definitely changed. I will say this. I've never been big on listening to national radio personally and i'm not saying this because i'm doing a sports show in south bend this is how i grew up and still to this day i listen to the local stations for the teams that i cheer for 
because now I have a wild batch of teams that I root for that are kind of spread across the country. ESPN Radio, they don't talk about my teams. Well, they talked about the Broncos when Tim Tebow was the quarterback, and that was a time I did not want to hear about my favorite football team. But the Cardinals aren't a hot topic. The Broncos normally aren't. Unless Russell Wilson does something weird on social media, then it gets brought up. I like to listen to my hometown team stations to find out what's going on because I never hear about it. I just don't enjoy hearing every day about LeBron James and the Dallas Cowboys. It is so easy in the ESPN radio world to be a talk show host on their network. Talk LeBron, talk Cowboys, and they'll love you. It's remarkable. It really is remarkable. So, I'm not surprised this show is going away. I thought Mike and Mike was as close of a national show that felt like a regional show. Because it was fun. It wasn't just wild, off-the-wall comments to get attention were made. They had fun. Mike Golick's a very smart guy. He kind of played the dumb jock role on the show, eating a lot of donuts. But he was fun and entertaining and had really good takes along the way. The new shows just seem forced. Let's just say something wild where Mike and Mike just, it felt like they were talking to us, having a conversation at the barbershop compared to these new shows that are like screaming at you and talking at you rather than to you. Mike and Mike... Again, one of the great shows in radio history. And since that ended back in 2017, ESPN Radio has lost its dominance on the radio dial. It is just not nearly the same station that it used to be. I mean, it was rolling years ago, but now it's not that hot of a commodity. They've really got to fix their morning show. It's been a problem now for over six years. So Mike and Mike... Boy, they did it right, and they did it so well for so long. That's our hat trick of opening topics for today. It is, let's see, 28 minutes in front of 6 o'clock. Budweiser's weekday sports beat on WSBT Radio. We'll take a timeout. Chicago Bears, sports wagering talk all coming up in a couple of moments on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight. Notre Dame football coverage continues now. Uh, here at Notre Dame, to have a chance to play these kind of teams, you have an opportunity to jump up and, and maybe in some ways be a spoiler. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. We're talking about Stanford. If you want to ask me a question about Stanford, I'm all ears. I'll pass. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And most of the football players who chose USC over UCLA because it's easier to spell. (laughs) I wish I could recall who the media member was when Charlie Weiss said, to all questions not about Stanford, and we're talking about Stanford. That's it. If you want to ask me about Stanford, I'll answer it. And the guy goes, I'll pass. (laughs) 
I don't remember who that was. That's a great line. Nah, no thanks. I'm good. All right, 538 on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960, WSBT, Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. As always, brought to you by our title sponsor, Budweiser, the King of Beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Baseball fans, this Bud's for you. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, now with three locations to serve you, Barnaby's, the family inn. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. And by Bethel University. Adult and graduate studies. Visit betheluniversity.edu slash solid ground for details. I want to sneak in right now our sports beat. Buffalo, or I'm sorry, our sports beat wings, etc. Question of the day here on WSBT Radio. For about a month or so, we've been asking you, our sports beat, wings, etc. Twitter question, and you have responded on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat with your responses. And then when we read back the answers on Friday, we award a $50 gift certificate to wings, etc. So this week we asked you if you could put together a foursome yourself and then three other people, past or present, Notre Dame football coaches or players, whatever the case may be, who would you choose? So we have grabbed a few of the answers. First off, I I love the fact my good friend Eric Hansen wrote the people he'd want to play golf with. I don't think they have ties to Notre Dame, but he was thinking about Judge Schmales, Danny Noonan, Al Chervik, and Mrs. Crane, (laughs) who wore green, I think. But anyway, here are the real answers. We've got Checkmark. He went with Golden Tate, Mike Golick, and Tim Brown. So two electric receivers and good old Mike Golick, who can talk football and broadcasting with you. We just talked about him a few moments ago with Mike and Mike in the morning. That's a pretty good combination. I'd love to hear more about from Golden Tate when he was just starting to get on the field. Just a few plays every game. The the conversation was at Purdue – Charlie Weiss and his staff just wrote down some plays in the dirt. They just kind of made things happen and said, Golden, just run here and go catch the football. Or he was a decoy. And I'd love to hear more about the actualities in that particular situation. Having talked to Tim Brown a couple of times on the program, what a a great, great gentleman and someone that's outstanding to talk football to. And Mike Golick is the same way. Bud says he would talk with and play some golf with Chris Zorich, Tom Zibikowski, and Matt Bayless. Now, that's an interesting group. We can talk to Zibikowski about not knowing what a fair catch is on punt returns. Also talk to him about his boxing career that he had. Chris Zorich, I mean, the stories there we've heard about through the years. Turned out to have a great career at Notre Dame. And Matt Bayless, the strength and conditioning coach for Brian Kelly and Marcus Freeman, who has done an absolutely phenomenal job since coming to town. Remember before Matt arrived, how Notre Dame seemed to fade in fourth quarters? They were not a strong finishing football team. Well, under Matt, this football team is physically in outstanding shape. 
ready to continue to dominate in the fourth quarter. And look what he has done for these players as they prepare for the NFL draft, in particular, the NFL Combine. So we talk about him. It still probably doesn't get enough credit for what he does for this program in Matt Bayless. Our sports beat, Wings, etc. Twitter question of the day brought to you by Wings, etc. Hungry, enjoy award-winning jumbo wings, awesome appetizers, delicious burgers, and a great selection of ice-cold beer at a Wings, etc. grill and pub location near you. Moving along, we've got Carlos, his three he would play golf with, Jerome Bettis, Paul Horning, and Justin Tuck. Love to sit around and talk to Justin Tuck about not only his career at Notre Dame, but also one of the few individuals that was able to wreck the Super Bowl playing ability of Tom Brady. Tuck with those two Super Bowl victories as a member of the New York Giants against the New England Patriots, including the year the Patriots were undefeated going into that Super Bowl and the Giants stunned them. Good old Eli Manning. Kev says he would choose, wow, what a great list here. Alan Page, boy, enough said there, Rocky Blyer, and Dave Casper. Talk about Rocky and Dave, their part in the history of the NFL, the Holy Roller with Casper with the Raiders, and, of course, Blyer on that dominant Pittsburgh Steelers team of the 70s. Kev also wrote back in and said his three basketball choices would be John Shoemate, Adrian Dantley, and Dwight Clay. Key Kenneth Gipp says he would go with George Gipp, Paul Horning, and, oh, going to go with Latner as well. He says we drink, gamble, and raise hell playing 18. <laughs> I think you would. Pretty good. Uh, Nick says Frank Leahy, Newt Rockney, and not another coach, but Brady Quinn. And Robert checked in, and he went with Lou Holtz, Brady Quinn, and the retired Major League pitcher, but still a great, great wide receiver for Valpo and the Fighting Irish, Jeff Samarja. Those are some of the responses on my Twitter page at 960 Sportsbeat, the Sportsbeat, Wings, etc. Twitter question of the day. And we have to draw a name here for a $50 gift card from Wings, etc. And let's see here. And it's going to go to Bud as we show the Twitch crowd the correct answer on the piece of paper here of the, the winner. So, Bud, congratulations. You pick up a $50 gift card from Wings, etc. Love hot wings and cold beer. Good food and great times are always on tap at Wings, etc. Grill and Pub with a great selection of ice-cold beer, award-winning jumbo wings, and more. Stop by a location near you. 5.45 at WSBT. Show me the money. <laughs> we go with Sizzler. <laughs> we go with Sizzler. We continue on with Sportsbeat 5.46 at WSBT. Darren Pritchett with you. We move up Sizzler into the 5 o'clock hour today because we have our Notre Dame Football Week in Review to wrap up today's program on WSBT Radio, WSBTradio.com, and on our free WSBT Radio app. Well, last night it was a 2-2 two two night on Sizzler. 
The suggestions that we had were Rays minus two and a half runs against the Royals at minus 105. Best team in baseball against one of the worst. The ace of Tampa Bay, Shane McClanahan, was on the mound. So we took the Rays at minus 105. You bet 10, you win 1952. McClanahan was not right throughout the game. He left in the fourth inning due to an injury, and that meant bad things. And Kansas City won outright. They were like plus 240. They won 6-5. to five. Also last night, Marlins and Pirates down in Miami. I backed Braxton Garrett and the Marlins on the money line against the Buckos. At a buck 35, put down 10 to win 1740. Pirates are up 2-1 in the middle innings, but the Marlins were able to pull it out by a final score of 6-4. Third suggestion from last night, Marlins pitcher Braxton Garrett over five and a half strikeouts against the Pittsburgh Pirates. That was at minus 125, bet 10 to win 18 bucks. I have won three times previously this year with Garrett and strikeout totals. He's my go-to guy, and he didn't disappoint last night. We needed six. He gave us 13. 13 strikeouts for Braxton Garrett, helping the Marlins to beat the Pirates. The fourth suggestion didn't work out, a two-team parlay. First part was good. We took LSU on the money line against Wake Forest. They beat the Demon Deacons 2-0 in extra innings to advance to the championship round of the College World Series. And the second part did not work out. We just took the Rays on the money line to beat the Royals straight up. They lost. So that parlay at minus 109 fails. So 2-2 two and two last night, 8-7 and seven this week, 41-21-1 for the month of June with Seven or eight days to go. Now we move to today's suggestions. The first one does not take place until Saturday. It's the Cubs and the Cardinals from London, England. Yes, indeed. Game one of a two-game series. I mentioned a moment ago they brought the fences in. I'm sorry, they moved the fences back in London from where they were in 2019 when the Red Sox and the Yankees put up 30 runs in game one, 20 in game two. They were 10 home runs in those two games. The fences are further back this time. So maybe we will not have as much offensive chaos this time around. The over-under for total runs, though, is still very high at 14 and a half. That might be a reaction to many people remembering All the offense the first time this series took place in London. So I'm going the other direction. I think Justin Steele coming off an injury can hold his own against that Cardinal lineup that's highly inconsistent. Adam Wainwright probably is going to get hit by the Cubs. But I'm going to say Cubs-Cardinals tomorrow under 14.5 total runs. We are the underdog pick at plus 100. You double your money, put down 10 bucks to win 20. The other three suggestions are for tonight. In Major League Baseball, the Mariners at the Orioles. Baltimore playing great baseball. They're a playoff team right now. The Mariners, one of the disappointing teams in the American League. But Logan Gilbert on the mound for the Mariners. He has not been as good this year as his rookie year last year. But this is a spot where I like him. Mariners on the money line at Baltimore at minus 120. Wager 10 to win 18-33. Two teams with long winning streaks meet in Cincinnati tonight. The Braves 
who lead the NL East, the Reds, who now lead the NL Central. Luke Weaver pitches for Cincinnati, one of the weak links in their rotation. I think the Braves jump on him tonight. Not a lot of juice here. Very conservative play at minus 150, bet 10 to win 16.66 with the Braves on the money line. And finally, Mets and Phillies from the city of brotherly love. I'm going to back Singa over Walker tonight in the pitching matchup. Let's go with the road underdog. The Mets find a way to win in Philadelphia at plus 100. Again, double our money, bet 10 to win 20 bucks. So, tonight, Mariners on the money line, Braves on the money line, Mets on the money line, and then tomorrow, Cubs and Cardinals under 14 and a half total runs. That's Sizzler for tonight. 5.51 is our time. Twitter question of the day is coming up in a couple of moments. We'll talk some baseball with South Bend Cubs broadcaster Brendan King in about 10 or 11 minutes. And we've got our Notre Dame football week in review to wrap up the program here on WSBT. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. at WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett. Our Twitter question of the day always available on my Twitter account at 960SportsBeat. Yesterday's question in honor of the NBA draft, you are a fan of the blank. Chicago Bulls, Indiana Pacers, another team or no one. I don't like the NBA. We don't talk a lot of NBA on this program. This is not a great NBA market. But I asked the question anyway just to see the results. Fourth place, the Indiana Pacers at 7.3%. I'm not sure on any of the services. Can you even get Pacer games here in northern Indiana? I think they're on Fox Sports Indiana or Fox Sports Midwest, one of the two, but I don't get that. Third place in the voting at 14.5%, another team. Second place, the Chicago Bulls at 20%. I wonder what that number would have been during the 90s with MJ, Pippen, and the crew winning six titles in eight years. And winning, hands down, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. You're a fan of the no one. I don't like the NBA. They got 58.2% of the vote. Very interesting. Thanks for voting. Today's question, who is the current best American golfer who is the best American golfer right now can't say Tiger Woods anymore because he's injured and unfortunately just at really nowhere close to the peak of his game even before going down with another surgery so who is the best right now Brooks Kepka, Colin Morikawa Scotty Scheffler Jordan Spieth you can vote right now on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. We've got the golf show presented by Michelob Ultra tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock here on WSBT Radio. We'll take a timeout. We'll talk some baseball with the South Bend Cubs broadcaster Brendan King next on Budweiser's Weekday Sportsbeat. But that comes away after a sports update. 
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 